Our next presenter has already blown us away with his music. Uh, he's an Australian guitarist, a vocalist, and a songwriter. He is one-third of the folk music band The Waifs. Anybody heard of those? I know some have. The group that has garnered platinum-selling albums and four ARIA awards. He has played as a support act for Bob Dylan, and he and his wife, Jackie, an accomplished pianist in her own right, have their own album, Into Tomorrow, which, by the way, uh, will be available um, at the next interval in one of the booths. But in, in addition to all of the music, Josh designs and handcrafts his own guitars, both acoustic and electric. He's going to be doing some music for us now, but also sharing a bit of his story, and I know you'll love it. Uh, would you please welcome Josh Cunningham. Did I say it wrong? <sighs> Killer. Killer. you walking that lonesome road I heard that word my soul was stirred and I saw with new eyes too so I'm going down to the river for to be baptized when I come up from that water gonna be brand new I'm gonna rise from that water brand new I'm here to testify that Jesus is alive. And I believe my every sin was cast to the bottom of the sea below. And scarlet, though I may appear, the blood of Jesus makes me white like snow. I'm proud to boast to the uttermost Jesus completely saves My life is here with Christ in God I'm dead and buried in that water grave I'm dead and buried in that water grave I'm here to testify I'm here to testify I'm here to testify that Jesus is alive.
scoff and mock and ridicule You can say God's words a lie And tell me I'm just some wide-eyed fool But one thing that you can't defy Of what I testify You can't deny For I was blind but now I see And I'm not the same Grace rearranged And saved a poor wretch like me Jesus saved a poor wretch like me I'm here to testify I'm here to testify I'm here to testify Jesus is alive Jesus is alive But I'm not the same Cause Jesus is alive And grace rearranged Cause Jesus is alive I said that Jesus is alive Jesus is alive Jesus is distant drum deep down inside of everyone when you hear it steady strong it makes you move it makes you long add to that beat the melody that's written into our chemistry when you hear it you know you belong it's like you always known that song It's in the roar of a crashing wave It's in the love that we all crave It's in the stars that shimmer silently while screaming It's knowing you weren't born to die It's knowing wrong from right It's a song that has no end and no beginning and once you've heard it, you can't keep from singing Add to that sound the notes that roll off strings stretched tight from soul to soul And when that harmony comes in play, it draws you in under its sway in the swirling autumn breeze Dancing with the falling leaves It's on a mountaintop in morning sunlight gleaming It's in the guilt of our own greed In a world so full of need And it's a song that has no end and no beginning And once you've heard it You can't keep from singing This is the reason why you were born To be that song, to be that song It's not enough just to sing along 
The singer and the song have gotta be one. The singer and the song have gotta be one. The singer and the song have gotta be one. The singer and the song have gotta be one. The singer's got to become a song. It's in the search for something more. It's being certain when I'm sure. It's knowing love is what keeps this disco ball spinning. It's knowing hunger should be fed. It's being careful how you tread. And it's a song that has no end and no beginning. And once you've heard it, you can't keep from singing. Well, there is a pulse, a distant drum, deep down inside every. Well, hi there. As Casey uh, mentioned, my name is Josh Cunningham. And uh, the song I just shared with you, that's really the story of my own personal experience. But uh, I have more than a suspicion that it's not just my own personal experience. It's not something that's unique or peculiar to me. I think it's the song of every human experience. I think that there are times in life as we journey through that we stumble across clues. And these clues are things that alert us to the idea, at least the suspicion, um, and sometimes the deep conviction that there is something more to our experience here on Earth. It's not just 70 years of the things we do and the life we live and then it's returning to the dust and there's nothing more that's into the story. Um, I uh, had the personal experience of, of coming across some of these clues and, and starting to search and ask deeper questions on the account of that, questions about meaning and fulfillment and purpose in life. I was born into a Christian family. I grew up in a Christian home. I went to church. I read the Bible. I said my prayers. And you might think that somebody from that kind of context would uh, contemplate those kind of deep questions of life and, and look at them and answer them from a, a biblical or a Christian perspective. But that wasn't the case for me. I, um, I was a kid in that context, but it didn't really resonate with me. I didn't respond to it. In fact, any response that I had was probably more resentment than anything else. I didn't like going to church. I felt like church was kind of like a theatre where people would go once a week and they would uh, put on their act and they'd play the part to impress other people or to appease other people. I felt like the Bible was just a, a dusty old book of fables and fairy tales. And uh, prayer was the weirdest one of all. To me, prayer just felt like I was speaking words out into the open air to something or somebody that I was told was real but seemed kind of imaginary and, and false to me. So you can imagine that as a teenager, when I stumbled across one of these things, that suddenly everything sort of clicked into place. And uh, you know, here was something that not only I could see, but it was real. I could pick it up, I could touch it, I could hold it. And best of all, I could, I could make sounds out of it. Something could come from my head, through my fingers, into this wooden box, and come out of this hole. And there was like a direct connection from there to here. It really resonated me in a way that nothing that nothing else had in the past, certainly not the idea of God. But, um, yeah, I guess if I wanted to wrap religious language around it, I would say that probably the guitar and music itself became a bit of a God to me. It was the thing that certainly replaced the role that God would have had in my life had um, I responded to the upbringing that I had. 
But music and guitar, it kind of created this real sense of purpose, fulfillment, and uh, an identity, importantly. It was, this was my place in the world. This is what I was born to do. This was my thing. And so when I ventured off from home at the end of high school, the age of 18, I basically had a guitar in my hand and 20 bucks in my pocket, and I went out to find my way in the world. And um, during that next year, I, I came across two sisters from Albany, Western Australia. And we formed a band called The Waifs, which is uh, still around. This year is actually our 25th anniversary. So we've been going for that long. And uh, it's been quite a journey. This experience with music and it occupying this kind of primary place in my life, it just kept going from height to height along that journey. We started writing our own songs, recording our own songs, and um, those records ended up being successful. We got songs on the radio. Um, multi-platinum selling albums, ARIA awards, doing our own concerts, not just in this country, but around the world. And um, as has been mentioned, playing with people like Bob Dylan and, and Keith Urban as well. And um, yeah, so I guess in a way people would look at that existence say, and say, well, that guy's got it made, you know, he's living the dream. Um, what more could you want? And for a long time, I felt that way about it myself. I felt that I'd arrived and there's nothing more that I'd want in life and I couldn't possibly be happier. And then strangely enough, I started to kind of have this sort of sense that, well, maybe, maybe there is more. You know, the things that had fulfilled me weren't really that fulfilling anymore. I mean, still I got a lot out of it, but it wasn't ultimate fulfillment. Little did I know that my parents had been praying for me for many years as I've been tripping around the world living this dream existence. And they were praying specifically that God would put that kind of restlessness, that longing in my heart. In addition to that, they were praying that he would send people in their absence, that he would send people that would be able to um, speak to me about God. And uh, that's exactly what happened. I started having these random chance encounters with people as I'm traveling around touring the world, and specifically in the United States. And people would be speaking to me about God in various ways, just unexpectedly, just come across people in different contexts. And the, the consistent thing was always this spiritual theme to conversations and my mind was becoming more open to it. Initially I probably didn't think much of it and then I started thinking well this is kind of coincidental, that's strange, another one of those conversations. But eventually they became more frequent, they became deeper and more profound and my interest in spiritual things was growing. Well this whole sequence of events culminated in November of 2005. I was on a plane from Chicago, Illinois to Denver, Colorado and it was Thanksgiving, and I just happened to be seated next to a young lady on the plane, and without provocation, she started to tell me about God, about her faith in God, about the fulfillment and you know, the answer to all those big questions of life. Um, you know, I'd been kind of detecting clues. You know, the song I just sang, it referred to you know, the, the majestic kind of mountaintop in the morning sunlight or the, the mighty roar of the powerful ocean as the waves crash on the shore, or the vast expanse of the heavens above. You know, those things are great clues, but the thing that was really eating away at me was this intuitive internal sense within my heart that there was something more, that fulfillment wasn't to be found ultimately in the things that had been fulfilling me. And this girl started speaking to those very things. She was telling me um, information and details, but most of it, all she was telling me her personal experience, and I sensed something in her, uh, quite apart from the compelling, persuasive reasons for faith that she shared with me, I sensed something in her that was the thing that I was looking for. There was a peace, 
there was a, a love, there was, there was a calmness and there was yeah, a peace of mind, a peace of heart that she had found the ultimate answers to all those questions that I was struggling with and that we all struggle with. So she looks at me after I, I told her, I, I, was, I was compelled to tell her, well, this is very strange that I'd be having this conversation because I'm having a lot of these lately. And she looked me squarely in the eye and said, well, Josh, I don't believe it's a coincidence. You know, I think God is really trying to, to reach into your life and to invite you to have a personal relationship with him. And I do believe that you're going to find the answers and the meaning that you're looking for when you make that decision. So how about it? You know, don't you think it's time that you opened your heart to God? Well, this was quite the experience for me. <laughs> my heart was actually racing. I, I didn't do it then and there immediately on the plane, but I went to my hotel room in Denver, Colorado that night, and um, yeah, my heart was racing. There was something stirring. There was some, some new experience, something that I hadn't felt before. And I knelt down by my bed. I mean, when I was a little kid, I used to do this all the time, and I'd pray to this imaginary idea, which is all it was then. But I had this real sense, this real almost confidence that, what I was praying to and who I was praying to was actually real and personal. And just like this girl had said, he was inviting me into a relationship with him. The Bible talks about the fact that God has put eternity in the hearts of, of every person. And I believe that that's what this longing, this yearning, this questing that I had was. And uh, I believe that he's the answer to that longing as well. The scriptures also describe Jesus as the light of the world. And... Um, as the light that lightens everybody that comes into the world. And uh, about a week after that experience, I wrote this song, which is called The Light of the World, and I'd like to share it with you now. And it's not just a, a chronicling of my personal story, but it's also an invitation to anybody here who may be, um, as I was, maybe going to church and going through the motions and not really having it be a real experience for them. Maybe there are people here who are looking, they're on the same journey I was, they're not really thinking about God, but they were, they're, they've got a sense, an intuitive sense that there's something more, and maybe somebody invited you along here to, uh, to kind of look for answers, and um, I just want to encourage you, whatever context you're in, that opening yourself up to Jesus, the light of the world, is the only way to find true fulfilment. Until the light shone on me It 
Let me out of the darkness Back to the shore To the top of the mountain To be lost no more of redemption and it's the light of a grand plan the light of forgiveness yeah the light is the son of man shining in the darkness shining in the night So won't you join with me, brother And won't you take me by the hand And we'll follow together Until we get to the promised land Join with me, sister, and sing my song. We'll follow together until this journey's done. Shining in the darkness, speaking through the word, the light of forgiveness, the light of the world. Light of the world, the light of the world, he's the light of the world. I have time for one more song, and I just want to leave you a song with a song that is basically about the meaning of life. <laughs> a lot of people. Um, philosophize and have spent great amount of time trying to figure out what the answer to that is but uh, as you probably got a bit of a sense from all the presentations this week and hopefully uh, what I've shared with you today as well it's really all about love Go, I came into this world A helpless, hungry child Forty years of crying Forty years of trying To understand the reason why I was beaten and bruised Bloodied and used In a ditch by the cold roadside When a stranger came Put love on my pain Said go now and do likewise I was born to love I was born to love There ain't no doubt Got it all figured out I was born to love well, Love is the force That steers the course And everybody marches in time You can gain the whole world But if you ain't got love Your treasure ain't worth a dime 
But everybody needed, everybody wanted, everybody trying to make it stay. Love's not something you just hold on to. You were born to give love away. You were born to love. You were born to love. There ain't no doubt, got it all figured out. You were born to love. Something you just fall into It's a choice that you've got to make You can't legislate it Manipulate it Only love causes love to wake But to lay down your life For somebody else is the greatest love That could ever be shown At the end of the trail Love never fails Cause love never seeks its own You were born to love I was born to love There ain't no doubt got it all figured out There ain't no doubt got it all figured out There ain't no doubt got it all figured out We were born to love Amen. Go out there and live and share love. Oh, Josh, you, you better come back out here. Sorry. We, you know, we hadn't scheduled a Q&A for you, but someone sent a question in anyways. Oh, okay. And so, you know, and here's the question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. This is not real theological, but this is prophetica. So there's a lot of heavy theological issues being. So just prepare yourself. Here's the question. How do I get a beard exactly like yours? <laughs> Signed, Neil. Uh, just don't shave, and it'll, it will happen. <laughs> yeah, right. I've tried that. doesn't work. Um, now, once again, you can buy Josh's album at the music booth. I'm, my wife told me where it is, but I wasn't really listening. So just persevere. I'm sure you'll find it. It's um, just out there. Is it right here? Yeah, okay, on that, good. On that side on the end. Thank you. Would you just give Josh a hand one more time? We love his music. Thank you, man. Well done. Bless you.